Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Google Workspace Recap, a weekly show discussing all of the changes happening in Google Workspace. My name is Jesse Nolan, my co-host is Steve Larson, and we're here to help you keep up. It's good to be back home and back into routine after my whirlwind tour to Israel and back. And I have to say, on a trip this short, you don't just you don't get over jet lag when you go there before you come back. Then you come back. You honestly, you, I feel like I just got it twice. Um, I'm going to try not falling asleep tonight. I think you pass it on to me because I feel like I'm falling asleep tonight. So maybe, well, maybe it'll that. wear off. Maybe it'll wear off on you and, and go to me. So I think we have to start having coffee before we do this episode. The amount of coverage we've been doing lately. Oh, man. Well, we've got a lot of updates this week. There's quite a few Again. that's come through. Yeah. I, you know, we were, we were saying this, I think, one of the previous episodes just after Next is, why didn't these come during the Next? Where was Next, all this during Next? Exactly. We needed all these, yeah. But, well, here they are. We've still got a few. We've got a lot. I wonder how many we're going to end up by the end of the year. Uh, we'll see. 7,000. Well, more than last year, I think, for sure. <laughs> well, you know, they had to kick it into high gear given COVID and everything. They realized, oh, shit, we're yeah. well behind. Yeah. Well, with this week, we did get a recap post. Woo-hoo! So. Kind of on one of those, but um, basically the the new update that came into this recap post was the update that we already talked about last <laughs> week. <laughs> Which I just I'm just wondering, like, is are they listening to our episodes? <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's right. The Google Drive update was announced. I love uh, you, Google Workspace blog updater people. Yes, are you listening? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was the one update that they uh, they added in there. Um, some GA support for the M1 silicon chips. And I'm still waiting for that on my Mac mini. I still have version 51. So I'm still waiting for that final version 52 to come uh, to my Mac mini. It is on my MacBook Pro, uh, but it is not on my Mac mini yet. So still waiting for it on mine. So uh, you're working on a new M1 uh, MacBook, right, Jesse? Do you have version 52 or 51? Yeah, I thought we had said last week that I had uh, 52. Yeah. yeah, but this is a week later. So, I oh, you do am on 52.0.6.0, Apple oh, yeah, Silicon. You're on, okay, right. So you've got the update on that one. Yep. I have it on my laptop. So the laptop's going to be getting it, is what it seems like. Interesting. Well, give it another uh, week or two and my new M1 Pro MacBook Pro will arrive and uh, we'll see which one I get on there. Oh, I'm that's very good. excited. Yes, you've, you've ordered one of those. Do you get oh, the Pro baby. or the Max, you said? I got the Pro 14-inch uh, with the 10-core instead of the 8-core. I splurged a little okay. bit because, uh, you know, we're going to be doing video soon. It's important to have no a rig. RAM, just the it. standard 16 gig? Yeah, you know, from what I've seen and for what I generally need on a Mac, that seems to be enough. And um, I expect in five years I'll get a new computer anyway, so I wasn't trying to max yeah. out and future-proof too much. Well, yeah, I think I might splurge and go for the six, 32 gig. I have 32 gig on my Windows computer. I can't live without it. But on the Mac, it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I'm I'm regretting not getting the 16 gig on the Mac Mini. So I think I'm definitely going to go for the 32 on the MacBook Pro. So okay. I think that's what I'll see, see on my We'll have to go head to head. Yeah, see how many uh, tabs we can have open <laughs> concurrently without any performance issues, which is actually one of the additional topics that uh, we have 
on uh, this week's episode is that there's a new high power mode for that 16 inch MacBook Pro uh, with the M1 Max, and it's uh, you know kind of targeted towards tasks like color grading and 8K uh, ProRes video. But I said, you know, for those that don't do video editing, it's really targeted towards those Chrome users that have hundreds of tabs open. And I wonder how well it performed for uh, for those users that are just using the Chrome browser because uh, I feel like that's almost as intense as you know color grading 8k pro res video almost <laughs> certainly feels so, like it sometimes does yeah yeah even my m1 mac mini's uh a little bit sluggish coming back to life after sleeping for a little while so um, i think any any kind of improvement will be well received there on the uh on the uh apple uh systems there. All right. So getting into the updates, let's get into those. So we have 10 updates this week and a little additional topic on the Chrome OS beta community as well. So uh, first off, we have uh, the ability to view more information about your colleagues and stakeholders in Google Contacts. Uh, you also can now control session link for Google Cloud Console and the G Cloud CLI is generally available. That was announced over two years ago, but now GA. Wow. Uh, you can, yeah, I know it's been a while. I think September 19th was when it was announced in 2019. So just over two years. Uh, you can now mark Google chat messages as unread. Uh, I think you highlighted that message, mm -hmm. that uh, update to me. You're excited about that one, Jesse. Very excited. Yeah. Uh, you can now also integrate Google chat with third party archiving solutions. Really, it's just an email forwarding. Uh, we'll get to that. And then uh, number five on the list here, we have the ability to easily add uh, Google Docs with a, or yeah, easily add to Google Docs with new the universal at menu. And then uh, there's a little reminder here regarding the fact that editing in classic sites will no longer be available starting the 1st of December. And classic sites will no longer be viewable beginning January 1st, 2022. So um, coming pretty soon there. So that's just around the corner. It's weird to, to <laughs> think that January 1st, 2022 is just about a couple weeks away, really. Coming soon. So you won't be able to view classic sites after that date. Uh, and then you can add a page break before paragraphs in Google Docs and as we were looking at that and thinking about that, I'm like, that that must have come from Microsoft users. And lo and behold, it did. Um, you can now set aside time to focus in your Google Calendar. So just like you can do out of office, you can do focus time. There are some visual updates and improvements for the two CC and BCC fields in Gmail. And then last but not least on the updates, we have uh, the fact that Google Meet meeting hosts uh, now have more control of participants' audio and video feeds for smoother and more productive meetings. And then uh, on some additional topics and things that we saw over the course of last week, uh, there's a new Chrome OS beta community that is uh, coming out. It was a little tough to find because it was hosted over in the, in the kind of help community rather than the Google Cloud Connect or any um, workspace updates blog posts. So uh, lucky that we did find that there. I'm not sure who, how we found it or who we found it from. I think it was a kind of a broader um, article from like Ars Technica or somewhere, right? Wasn't it? Android uh, Police, I believe. Android Police. Yeah, there you go. That's where you saw it from. Exactly. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to disseminate that information in a, in a few more places, I would say. We would appreciate but, uh, it. 
yeah, it'd be good to to see that for the workspace admins. We missed the, the announcement. On the community. <laughs> well, we'll get into that yeah. later. Yeah. So first, first off, we have that ability to view more information about your colleagues and stakeholders in contacts. So there's some additional information that is going to be included uh, about uh, users, you know, people in your organization. So things like local time, where their uh, local time zone is displayed, their working hours, some non-manager relationships, and some recent shared files that you've uh, worked on with that users with that user. That's cool. Yeah, and um, feels like I've seen this before, but uh, I guess this is something that probably had a little sneak peek on, and now it's generally available. So for um, so for admins and uh, those users there, you know, just the fact that you have a few more fields that you can leverage. Uh, so you want to make sure that you are populating that with the relevant information so your users can take advantage of these new uh, features within contacts. And uh, a few things that you can do there, obviously custom attributes that can be configured for users. And you've got the users themselves being able to configure the local time and outside working hours. So that is also some things that you might want to communicate to your users to, to update that information in their uh, directory kind of profile that they can access within calendar, things like that. So um, when you are looking at a user in your contacts, uh, this will start to now be uh, more visible. So you'll have just a, you know, a longer, kind of a bigger section of information when you click on that user's profile uh, than you had seen before. and. For for this one, you're going to be seeing that uh, starting uh, rolling start rolling out on the 18th of October, so last week there, uh, an extended rollout, which is potentially longer than 15 days for visibility on that, uh, and that's for both the rapid release and scheduled release domains. And it says here on the rollout page that uh, each card, uh, custom fields, shared files, non-manager relationships, and local time will be rolled out separately. So you'll probably start to see those different cards in piecemeal, essentially. So you'll see one before the other, vice versa. And this is going to be available to all Workspace customers as well as G Suite Basic and business customers. Yeah, I'd like to see a lot more of the contextual awareness and the deep level integration here. You know, it's going to be able to pull in emails and docs and and the things shared information that you have worked on recently with this person. It's all just moving, continuing to move more towards that all-in-one space, workspace, magical uh, vision that they've got going for us here. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I Definitely want to take another look at how to populate the data. It mentions uh, the users section uh, in the admin console or Google Cloud Directory Sync or using the admin SDK uh, if you wanted to be able to uh, share non-manager relationships and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's going to be some more interesting things coming from there as well. And on the automation side, I mean, we're looking at this from being able to feed information into and out of Google with our HRIS. We're building a little something in on the back end to be able to spread this information around. And I, I think this is going to be really, really useful for, for our users to be able to take a look and say, oh, right, this is, you know, where's that doc? Oh, it's the last thing that I worked on with this person. And just go to their profile here and grab it. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly is helpful in this world where we've got tons of chaos and, and, you know, files all flying fast and all over the place. So looking forward. Yeah. And for those users that aren't using 
you know, some sort of third party HR management tool or third party system. I think uh, one of the most important uh, applications to update this information is going to be GAM, of course. So if you haven't come across GAM, uh, definitely a very useful tool for admins to check out. You can find it over on GitHub um, and look for either the standard GAM from, from Jay Lee or GAM Advanced. Well, it's GAM XTD3. Um, yeah, was it GAM ADV XTD3 uh, from Ross Scroggs? And uh, you'll find both those versions there. And uh, most of the time, I would say looking at the advanced version gives you the most features. And I would uh, install that uh, at, you know, first time around, test it out. Uh, looking at our next update, uh, the one that we talked about coming, uh, having you know been released about a little over two years ago, is the session length for Google Cloud Console and the G Cloud CLI is now generally available. So that was announced uh, back in 2019. And looking at that article, it is uh, it does come from September 16th, so I'm sure that 16th or 19th from the previous in the intro there, but. It uh, looks like it came out around the 16th of 2019, and that is just now generally available. So this will help you control access into the Google Cloud Console and those command line tools for your users. So just like you could control the web session uh, links for your users into things like Gmail and Drive and Calendar, you have a separate control for session length into GCP. And you know you can also require the separate uh, two-factor authentication um, with uh, security keys, for example, going into GCP versus just on the workspace side of things. So in addition to the session length uh, control, you also have that flexibility to uh, just apply that uh, two-step verification to the uh, GCP side of things as well and have some separate controls over that or set different uh, kind of trust levels on the, the, the tokens there for security. Um, looking at uh, the kind of the getting started here, the, the features uh, for, the, uh, for, the, for the admins of the workspace environment will be off by default. So you can enable this if you need to by heading over into your admin console going to security and then looking down is, I think it's roughly towards the bottom of that long list. It's getting longer and longer, that security uh, tab. Uh, but it's called Google Cloud Session Control. And then you'll be able to go in there and set your session length and uh, control that for your users. So also rolling out starting the 18th of October, uh, a little bit uh, tighter timeline rollout. It's gradual up, up to 15 days for feature visibility for this one, for both those rapid release and scheduled release domains. And this is going to be available to all workspace customers as well as the basic business and cloud identity free and premium customers. So I presume this is available to everyone. And then looking uh, onto the next update, we have uh, the Google chat messages being marked as red being now possible. So before, of course, you could not uh, you know, necessarily read something and say, oh, I want to make sure that I go back to that message later on and just mark it as unread. Well, now you can, uh, now you can do that. Uh, so you, you do have the ability to mark as in red. So when you right click on a message, it'll be the first option there at the top, just, just above pin, pin, it looks like. And then you'll be able to mark that as unread and uh, sh have that show as an unread 
thread or unwritten message in your um, kind of chat application, either in uh, in the direct chat or in Spaces. And another interesting little thing that I just noticed here, you know, so this um, this update comes after they announced the general change to rooms to Spaces. <laughs> but the um, the image that they have within this update shows rooms instead of Spaces. So. Just a little nice catch screenshot there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. Well, I found it interesting um, here that they yeah. um, made the option for this on the actual room or the chat itself as part of that drop down menu. I thought it was going to be one of the little tool tips that um, when you hover over a message that pops up, you've got the smiley face reaction, the uh, forward to inbox, the edit if it was your message, and the mm -hmm. trash if it was your message. And I thought they would just have it on there as mark as on red, and then you can be marked as on red from that point forward. But it looks like it's marking the entire uh, conversation, the entire room slash space as on red just as a hey remember you got to go over here and take care of something as opposed to um bolding it as well as showing you the exact thing that you were marking as on red so oh well yeah i've i've not seen it yet on any one of my environments so i'm still waiting to kind of Same. test it out myself I'm, I'm like give it to me give it to me now I can, <laughs> but i'm looking at the screenshots I can, yeah i can react and forward to the inbox at the moment but i can't uh, I can't select that middle option there just yet. Oh, well. Yeah. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Um, so, yeah, if I don't know if, did I, I don't know if I talked about the rollout's pace, but it is starting also September 18th. Uh, oh, yeah, on extended rollout, so I don't think I did. So that's potentially longer than 15 days for visibility on both the rapid release and the scheduled release domains. And it is looking like it's going to be available to all workspace customers as well as the G Suite Basic and business customers. And, you know, I presume EDU, I mean, most of the time EDU gets this too, right? So they didn't mention that though. Uh, next, also related to chat, is the ability to integrate Google Chat with third party archiving solutions. So, for those of you that uh, recall, uh, you know, quite some time ago on on enterprise SKUs, you could uh, set up third party third party journaling uh, systems. So just like you could do uh, with that uh, previously uh, for for email, you can now do that with chat. So there is the ability to turn on third party archiving, and you can just say archiving enabled. You set your destination address. You set the archival frequency, and then you can also add some custom headers onto theirs if you need to, just to identify those as chat messages, just like you would, um, you know, within your Gmail interface where you want to look through emails and you say, well, I just want to look for chat messages. So you say, is chat, uh, this will help uh, identify those uh, messages in your archiving journaling system if you add the, you know, like X archive type Google chat uh, into the custom header so you can easily find those in that system and this is going to be a feature that is of course off by default and you can go in there in the settings and enable that as necessary if you need it this is only going to be available to the workspace enterprise standard enterprise plus education fundamentals and education plus customers so not available to those on workspace essentials or business starter standard business plus etc so Essentially, your enterprise customers are only going to get access to that, just like before, 
with the, uh, the with the email archiving to third party services. And then uh, next update here, something Jesse, I know that you saw and showed me. I think pretty close to when this got announced on the 19th of October on Tuesday. It is that ability to easily add to uh, Google Docs with a new universal at menu uh, functionality. So you start uh, typing somewhere in that document and you use the add symbol. And not only are you going to have the uh, you know suggestions of different people uh, pop up, you're also going to have some things like you know, uh, templates and files and lists and media and special characters, things like that. So quite an extensive list now of options and functionality that you can have by just starting a, uh, you know, a, a kind of a string of text in your document with the at symbol. So it will bring you up some additional uh, context menus there to then pick and choose what it is you actually want to refer to. Interestingly enough, I saw it go live, but I don't see checklist option here. Unless I'm just... Nope, I type in list or checklist and it doesn't show up. It offers me a template of meeting notes. It offers me people to tag uh, mm -hmm. files and dates. And if I scroll down, let me just open this up here, scroll down calendar events as well. But I am not seeing special character or... Um, or tasks. I like tasks. Why am I not seeing tasks? Yep, I don't see tasks either, but maybe it's something that is on that gradual rollout. Who knows? Must be. I'm getting bits and pieces of it. I mean, I do you see oh, I do see checklist. I don't. But that's well, when I when I just when I do at LIS, it just asks me if I want to put in a number list, a bulleted list, or a checklist. Right. L I S. Nope. Yeah, L I S. No, you didn't get that. Nothing. Nope. Weird. I have the checklist yeah. option in the doc. I can put in a checklist yeah. if I want to. <laughs> nope. it just, it just, it must have heard me talking about lists, and there you said, go. Oh, Steve's talking about lists. We need to give him that option in the at menu there. I use so. lists, task lists in my uh, doc every day. <laughs> I don't know. Just gotta talk about it a little bit more so it picks up on your on what you're saying. I'll have to speak more into so my uh, Google Home microphone so that it... Right. <laughs> yeah, don't mute your Google Homes during the day. Exactly. Make sure it listens to you all day long. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of visibility on this one and getting started, so no admin controls for that, uh, no kind of specific end user feature for it, uh, but it is kind of being split out between two different timelines here. Uh, those rapid release domains are uh, have already started to see that starting the 18th of October on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility. And then for those scheduled release domains, uh, it's, it will start on the 1st of November, also on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility there. And coming to all workspace customers, as well as those G Suite Basic and business ones. And then uh, next we have, this is just a little bit of a reminder uh, around some of the key dates coming up for Google Sites. And this is you know pretty specific to the classic sites. So editing in classic sites will no longer be available starting the 1st of December of this year, 2021. So just a few weeks away, about six weeks away, this is no longer gonna be possible. You, can, you will not be able to edit those classic sites. And then in terms of visibility, 
beginning the 1st of January, 2022, classic sites will no longer be viewable. So I think that's going to have a pretty big impact on a lot of organizations that, you know, might've had uh, students or, uh, you know, in the education space, I've seen a lot of those sites being created, but you know what? Also, I probably see a lot of the sites just never being used either. So it might be a good thing that they are inaccessible moving forward, starting the 1st of January, because I think sites in general, uh, intranets in general, are a pretty tough thing to maintain and manage. You know, it takes a lot of uh, effort to create, you know, new content on top of content you've already created. It's kind of how I feel. So I think, from my perspective anyways, uh, doing away with, you know, putting any kind of, you know, internet site around information and data is more efficient. And if you have that just in a specific shared drives, and you, you know, educate people on how to use the shared drive and find files in shared drive that becomes a lot faster and, uh, and kind of better experience for users. And of course, there's always going to be some specific use case where an internet landing page or a site can be more informational and beneficial to complement some of that information that might be in a drive, you know, doc or presentation. But I think the majority of organizations, majority of use cases, like 98% plus, I would, I would say, uh, you really probably don't need a site to help organize your data. You just need to get it in the right place and drive, give it the right permissions and let people know how to search and find information. That's how I feel. But I know, Jesse, what do you think about that? Yeah, I've always had a, a difficult time with these because, like you're saying, with everything else, you gotta you gotta remember to uh, to update them, and that's that's hard. It's hard enough keeping the document itself updated. I know, you know, yeah, like so. Let alone the site that's meant to keep the document updated. Like that's just I don't know. It's, it's a lot more work, I think, than uh, than is typically necessary. And, you know, unless you're a very large organization that has just a few people dedicated to maintaining that site and making it recent and relevant information. I don't know. I feel like an uphill battle. I feel like for the bigger orgs, any way that they're going to have a more dedicated solution than Google Sites. Like, I don't well, know. I mean, even the internet. I'm just talking about, you know, internet in general. Internet, I mean, yeah. Big companies like AOL before in the past. And, you know, there was a huge uh, focus on the, you know, the internet of the resources. And now that was generally, um, you know, pretty well used because you had a lot of your, you know, day-to-day information you had to access, like, you know, time off requests and holiday requests and information like that. But that could have easily been put into a shared drive called, you know, HR public or HR internal. And that's what we've done also is we just, yeah, same thing. We have a public internal public HR drive for stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, although I have yeah. heard a lot of a lot of uh, companies using sites for um, during COVID, like COVID information, just a mm-hmm. quick, easy way to have uh, a lot of different types of information available on a site. So, you know, it's it 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 is definitely far more useful because then you can have a lot more uh, organized information and instructions on a regular basis as opposed to uh, a shared drive. Um, but you know teach their own, I suppose. And then, you know, we're also going to have uh, a lot more app sheet usage and stuff going on there. So integrations galore, I suppose. But I think we're a little bit off topic here. 
<laughs> yeah. Ah, it's all right. Uh, well, moving on, I'll see if I talked about the release on that. So I think it's pretty obvious in terms of uh, those dates. It's kind of when you have to make sure that those things are moved across. Uh, so make sure that you um, transition to the new Google site interface before December 31st. So make sure you take advantage of uh, that transition from classic sites to new sites. and. Um, Looking, looking ahead to the next update here, we have the ability to add page breaks before paragraphs in Google Docs. So, I mean, for me, I would just, you know, write my document and then go through it and then insert the page breaks wherever I needed to. But apparently this is going to make it easier to always apply a page break before certain types of formatting. And as soon as I read that, I'm like, this has got to be a Microsoft <laughs> feature that is being brought across to Google Docs because... Only a Microsoft user would think about, you know, doing it this way, I would think. Well, as so. you were saying that before, or rather after you were saying that before, I thought about it a little bit more and I realized that, yeah. you know, the way that I'm, I'm taking notes now is in a single doc. And uh, it is actually something that would be useful to be able to have every time I put in the header, it give a page break and then it would just be a new page for each set of notes. So I could do after, you know, each day would be a, a page break or each new meeting yeah. would be a page break, something along those lines that, uh, okay. yeah, I could, I could see the logic there. I could see myself yes. using that. All right. Well, with this update, it says that, you know, it also means that you can now import and export Microsoft Word and other, other third-party mm -hmm. documents that have yep. page break before applied to paragraphs and docs uh, will retain that formatting. So uh, definitely does sound like a feature related to uh, Word and other third-party document editors. Uh, so this is now going to be available in the, uh, in the Google Doc editor. So for those users on rapid release domains, uh, that rollout started on the 19th of October, and a gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility. And then that's groups, those groups of scheduled release domains, you will see this coming to your org on the 9th of November uh, on a full rollout, kind of quick one to three day for feature visibility rollout there on that one. And available to all those workspace customers as well. Uh, next one here is just another option for you to choose from when you're creating a, a calendar event type. So uh, you can now set aside time for focus in Google Calendar. So in addition to creating an event or creating out of office or a task or appointment slots, you will now be able to set uh, aside this focus time and your uh, you know, the users that will be able to see the event information on your calendar, they will see focus time there. Uh, and be able to then, of course, make a decision whether or not they want to book over that uh, that time that you have allocated to focus time, or uh, you know, hopefully schedule it at a time that's more convenient for you or or everyone else that is joining. So this is, uh, of course, going to impact all end users uh, pretty soon, and it is uh, rolling out to uh, almost all. Uh, workspace customers. It says it is not going to be available to workspace uh, essentials or business starter, enterprise essentials, and frontline, as well as G Suite basic and business customers. So just available to those uh, other business standard, business plus, enterprise standard, enterprise plus customers. And then, of course, on the education side, they're a nonprofit as well. 
also available. Uh, this is going to be uh, well started rolling out on the 20th of October for those rep release domains on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility. And for the schedule release domains, we'll start to roll out on the 3rd of November, also on a similar gradual rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility there. I think that uh, I was, well, when I was taking a look at this earlier, I was <laughs> trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, I mean, this is a game changer. This is awesome because normally what I just do is I book time with myself. Yeah, sure. yeah So this is a great new way for yeah. people to see, okay, this is focus time. And, you know, should you need to, you can, because I have had a number, of, a number of times where my boss will say, hey, do you, is the meeting that you have at such and such time really important or can you move it? I'll be like, oh no, it was just focus time. Um, you know, now he'll be able to see into it, but I was, I was actually thinking, you know, just like we have in the last update where it automatically add a page break after a certain type of formatting. I was thinking I need one of these before and after every one of my meetings or in between every one of my meetings anyway. Uh, so that I, I have some time cause I was, I was on meetings all day back to back all yeah. last week and this week, just trying to catch up from vacation and with everything that's going on and training new staff and, and, uh, you know, I'm, my inbox is exploding. And so if I were to have a block of focus time, say an hour or even half an hour in between meetings. And yes, I have the short meetings turned on, but that's not enough to really get into a task. And I think that, you know, it'd be really cool to have a, okay, for all meetings, automatically put 45 minutes of focus time afterwards to immediately act on action yep. items while it's fresh in your mind. I think that, you know, in lieu of an automatic feature, I could do it manually. And I think that that's something that I'm going to have to adopt and try out. So I'll let you, I'll let you know how it goes. Right. Yeah. And that, and that, um, that is actually a feature that I've seen in the Calendly app. So for for anyone that is looking to integrate multiple Google calendars across maybe multiple identities, like myself, um, you will find that uh, if you have someone booking events uh, for you know on your calendar using the Calendly link, you can set time before and after a meeting to ensure that you have some sort of like you know, a little bit of a buffer there. Uh, so that you can do those follow-up items or just make sure that you have a five-minute break for that before that next meeting. And I think that's becoming uh, you know, pretty more, more commonly accepted or commonly seen. Uh, it's something that uh, you know, I tried to manually do in the past before, the last couple of years, um, more so than any other time really it's in the last, you know, let's say two years. And uh, most of the time people are pretty receptive to identifying those uh, those blocks before and after events or in between the day and uh, trying to be uh, you know, mindful of those and not booking uh, meetings over that of course it happens and um, but I think for the most part you know when people are seeing that more frequently it becomes more common and people are more aware to uh, to, to not book over that time uh, those focus times so. Yeah, that's if you have your uh, information sharing on your calendar, which I generally do internally. But you know, sometimes people mm -hmm. don't even necessarily look; they just see right. there's something on there. They don't look to see what it yep. is. It's very true. Yep. Yep. Well, and then speaking of being able to uh, see things a little bit better, <laughs> we have the ability to. Uh, there's some visual updates and improvements to the two CC and BCC fields in Gmail here. So I didn't actually look. Uh, into this one here too much. I was trying to look at some of the images here. It's a very, it's quite a long update considering that it's it is just an update to like these three fields in, in Gmail. So I don't know, just if you've had a chance to look through this, 
uh, update in a little bit more detail. Um, but yeah, not only have I looked through it, I actually have seen some of this already going live in my okay. account here. Um, obviously, the easiest way to notice that it's going live is when you're emailing with external people, which I do most of my day. Uh, their email addresses turn yellowish, goldish, whatever that color is supposed to be there. Uh, similar to the bar that you get Google, when you're... Google Gold, I think Google is what Gold. it's called. Right? Okay, Google Gold. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know. apologies for not knowing the proper know. um, Google branding know. nomenclature here. I don't think it's that. It's just me making that up. <laughs> okay, if you say so. <laughs> I'll buy it. Sure, why not? Google, Google Gold. Try, that. Try saying that five <laughs> times fast. I can't even say it once. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that same the same color that shows up in the top of the email when it says, uh, be cautious, there are external people in this email um, is now going to be showing up uh, in lighter shade around the email in sort of a the circular um, shadow box around the email or the person's name. And uh, we got the the person's uh, profile picture in there now as well. And um, this update does give some information on new options to control what contact name is being displayed to email recipients. I haven't looked into this, but uh, it definitely makes sense, especially with the example that they're giving that... um, if you have somebody saved in your contacts as sales manager, you can change what will be displayed to other people who get the email. So you may want to be sure that you uh, take a look at that if you have certain people in your company named uh, certain interesting names such as, uh, you know, smelly guy or ugly sweater dude or really nasty in meetings person. So <laughs> be careful with what you name people when you turn this on and start sending those out. There's, there's your official heads up. Yeah, was, you can basically just rename anyone that you want in your own contacts, and that'll <laughs> override uh, what their actual name is when you're, you know, in docs. Which I thought was that was pretty funny. You know, call yourself Superman, for example, if you want to, and oh, just yeah. yourself a super, Superman in a document. No one else will. <laughs> I hope we've understood um, that properly, but that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looking at the rollout for this one, uh, we are looking at uh, the, an extended uh, rollout, so up to, uh, potentially longer than 15 days for visibility starting on the 20th of October for those rapid release domains. And then November 8th, we'll start uh, the rollout for the scheduled release domains. And that is also on an extended rollout, uh, potentially longer than 15 days for visibility there. So hopefully they, says they anticipate to have that rollout completed by the end of the year and uh, they will complete the rollout to the rep release domains at least two weeks uh, before beginning rollout to the scheduled release domains. So there you go. And then uh, last but not least, we have the ability to, uh, for, well, the ability for meeting uh, Google Meet meeting hosts uh, to have more control over the participants' audio and video feeds for a smoother and more productive meeting. So they'll be able to uh, have a lot more control over it uh, by the looks of things. So there'll be a new audio video lock, uh, which makes this feature more useful by enabling hosts to prevent participants from unmuting themselves after they are muted. Uh, so this will be a pretty you know, decent impact over to the end users and what they can do in those meetings. And uh, for those, you know, especially for those meeting hosts, uh, they want to have more control. So bringing uh, similar or you know, 
closer feature parity to that of the likes of Zoom and other video conferencing tools. Uh, something that I haven't seen yet, Jesse, and I was just uh, kind of slowly rolling out here as probably the most recent update of all of them because it has a, a gradual rollout uh, starting the 21st for rapid release. But this is something that you've seen on any of your domains is being able to have this additional level of host control on a meeting? Not that I've noticed, but to be honest, I don't open host controls all that often. Yeah. So it's so possible. Yeah. So if you have you changed the kind of the defaults on host controls or just kind of left them uh, as they as they were essentially when they came out with these? I just left them as they are, but I'm not in that many tightly controlled meetings. Usually it's meetings internally or with vendors and they're usually wanting to use their tightly controlled environments. Oh, no, we can't use your totally awesome Google Meet link. We have to use our internal Zoom mm -hmm. link. <laughs> Not had that happen too much anymore these days. Which oh, it happens. About. It happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I can't remember then the they'll send me a Teams link or something. I'm just like, oh, come on. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Teams wouldn't even load for me today. I had a Teams meeting, and I, Teams was erroring out. Yeah, at that point, I'm just like, just give me the phone number and I'll dial in the audio only. And that's right. All I was about to do that. And then I saw that Teams had a default to browser option. I'm like, see, isn't in the browser easier? <laughs> <laughs> so what it should just default to anyways, right? Right. Um, yeah. So for for this one, there's a few different uh, versions here supported on the different Android iOS and then either the Meet or Gmail app. I'll just make sure that you have uh, so Android OS version M or newer. I didn't even know M was a, a version now. I thought it was just 12, 12 or 13 or something like that. Yeah, but I guess well, it's you got to have the letters. Otherwise, M. we won't have delicious desserts. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> and then iOS version 12 or newer. And then, of course, the Meet or Gmail app being on the most up-to-date version. I'm sure it'd probably be a version or two behind once this feature rolls out. But um, isn't M old? Coming. Sorry, I'm still on that. Isn't M Marshmallow, mm -hmm. which was years ago? Um, maybe. I, I mean, M definitely stand could stand for Marshmallow. I think it did. That sounds super super old. So right. Maybe maybe that's what it means. But I'm googling it. It's just that. Maybe it's just, no, I mean, Android sure Marshmallow, is, general availability 2015. Yeah. So it just must be a really old version that they've just made it that far backwards compatible. Android so. 6. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Six versions okay. ago. Well, Look that's at that. I know, I know my Android history, even though I'm an iOS guy. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. back then I was using Android. So to be fair. Well, that's all the updates we have for the week. <laughs> and. Uh, I think we actually covered the additional kind of little topics here. We we tacked on at the end, which was oh, other than the, the new Chrome OS beta community, right? Yeah. So there is that. Yes, there is that. Now that was announced over in the Chromebook help support community. Bizarre. It's the only place we've seen it. So uh, Rebecca, who's community manager there, posted this back on the thirteenth of October. I just saw it and noticed it recently because we saw that uh, that article come out from um, where was it from? Uh, Android Police. That's where I saw. It's the there only place go. I saw it posted. Yeah. Yep. 
And uh, but yeah, it would have been nice to see that over in the Google Cloud Connect community or even on the Workspace Updates blog. And uh, obviously, a lot of Chrome OS uh, admins and users are are in these other areas. Um, but yeah, it's kind of found its way over there. There was a YouTube Live event uh, back on the 21st of October as well. So we'll link to that support uh, article that has the link to that YouTube uh, launch event, as well as a few other different uh, Chrome OS beta community links and help center links and, and things like that. So uh, you'll be able to find, uh, we'll be able to find that information from us as well. So we will link to that. Uh, for you to uh, dive in a little deeper on Chrome OS. I want to give a quick shout out to the author of the Android Police article also is David Gonzalez. He's a rookie. He's only published two articles yeah. there. And that was a good first one. He, second one. This, I think it was, yeah, his first one was this. And, uh, you know, he found this. So good on you. Good job, David. And his second one is Brave Ditching Google as its search engine of choice, which was honestly inevitable. The Brave browser. That was definitely going to happen. Um, but yeah. Good job, dude, finding uh, this. We didn't even see it. There you go. Well done. Yeah. Oh, well, I am about to fall asleep here. I am pretty tired. I don't know about you, Jesse. You've got two hours uh, ahead of me, so maybe not quite as late for you, but yep. I'm getting late. Two hours behind uh, you, I think. Midnight for me. <laughs> yeah. Behind me, in front of me, whatever. Yeah. Upside down <laughs> you, whatever. However you. <laughs> the upside down uh yeah so let's wrap this up um we're gonna have to definitely watch the uh beta community launch video there later on and get some more info on that and uh join this and see what it's all about but uh you know i do love me some chrome os beta but uh, anyway that's everything for this week things are getting back to uh, normal for us and for Google so good to see things continuing to roll out uh, send us your questions and comments on Twitter we're at Workspace Recap and on our website WorkspaceRecap.com hit the subscribe button and leave us a review if you would we'd really appreciate it tell all your friends about us and uh, have a great week and we'll see you next time on Workspace Recap <laughs>